You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Kiana Jones, artist and founder of Happening Hands, a community that helps makers and creative business owners build thriving, profitable businesses. Every week on our podcast, we discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to build that profitable handmade or creative business that you've always dreamed of. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to John Lincoln, the founder of Go Imagine, the world's first handmade marketplace that donates 100% of its profits to charity. Okay, welcome to the show, John. Thank you for being here. I'm excited. Thanks for having me, Kiana. Yeah, so can you give us a little bit of background on yourself, your journey with entrepreneurship, and how you launched your handmade marketplace? (laughs) <laughs> okay, there's there's a lot to unpack there, and it's yeah, go for of, it. Take your it's time. Been kind of a winding road, as I'll call it. I've um, my whole life, I've been kind of a, I guess, call it a serial entrepreneur. I've done a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been doing this for about 20 years in terms of entrepreneurship. I started out of my college dorm room in the early 2000s uh, in Boston. Uh, got into stand up comedy uh, for about 10 years. I, I opened and ran a stand up comedy club. Uh, first nice. in Cape Cod and then eventually in Faneuil Hall. This this does not lead to Handmade directly. Uh, for That's about okay. 10 years, it was all about the entrepreneurship side of things for me. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was in about 10 years ago, I was turning 30 and I was at the point with my wife, we were going to have kids and it was time for me to grow up and get a real job, mm-hmm. <laughs> as happens. <laughs> and so from there, I, I transitioned into software. Right. You know, okay. I could no longer be at nightclubs every night, you know, running, running shows. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I got into actually insurance technology, very exciting stuff. And <laughs> I, I worked for an insurance uh, tech company for a couple of years, got the mm-hmm. entrepreneurial itch again there. And so I actually uh, left that insurance company and started another insure tech company um, and built an insurance app on a product called Salesforce. Um, all you have to know from that is, was an insurance agency technology solution, mm-hmm. uh, went through the typical raising of money process. We raised over $8 million in the first few years. Um, it was very successful. I was lucky enough to exit that company about two mm-hmm. years ago. We, we exited at a $44 million valuation for that company. And back, I want to say this is 2019. I started thinking through, you know, what, I, what do I want to do next in terms mm-hmm. of I mean, like any entrepreneur, you're like, what's the next idea? What excites you? And yeah. I always wanted to do something philanthropic. You know, what okay. could I, could, you know, help the world beyond just, you know, making money for investors. And so I had the idea that, well, what if we started a marketplace that was focused, focusing all the profits from the transactions to go to children in need and, and make a good positive impact in the world instead of just, you know, Wall Street investors. Yeah. Um, that's when I started looking at different marketplace models and ideas from a tech side of things. So mm-hmm. I definitely have that tech background. And a good friend of mine who is now a partner in the company at Go Imagine, uh, her name is Stephanie Romke. Uh, I was talking with her one day, this goes back to 2019, and I was like, you know, tell me about Etsy, right? Tell mm-hmm. me what's going on over there, how to how to makers like Etsy. And, and she had her choice words and her opinion on kind of the direction Etsy has gone. And then I started digging into it more and I started unpacking, you know, what about a new handmade marketplace? And then as I noticed Etsy is leaving the handmade world, you know, slowly, but they're doing it. There was an opening happening uh, in that handmade space, right? Because they're, they're clearly going towards that manufactured path. So I said, well, there could be an opportunity here with 
a new handmade marketplace. And then given our philanthropic model of giving all our profits to charity, I also felt that makers and artists would rally around such a cause if there was an all hand yeah. marketplace that actually focused its profits on charity. And the rest was history from there. You know, then we started a Facebook group, a community started getting feedback mm-hmm. involving the makers. And then uh, me being the tech background, started building the product. Stephanie being the maker and artist background definitely led a lot of the, the conversations there around, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where we would go with the product. And uh, yeah. And so here we are today with a new handmade marketplace, but but it's definitely been a, a wild journey for me to get here. That's awesome. And that's so cool. And, you know, I've been a, a part of some of those conversations um, on Etsy even. Um, I started selling on Etsy back in 2010 or something. Okay. So you, you, so were, you were early on, yeah. I was early on back when treasuries were still a thing. Like, I don't know if yeah. you remember that, but it was like. You know what? Stephanie's been talking about treasuries. She's like, you remember okay. treasuries? And so she oh, wants yeah. a whole. We can talk to her. She has a whole idea of how we could implement something similar. But anyway, keep going. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, the forums were very like robust and, you know, it was a great place to kind of chat with people and really get to know some of the other makers. And it really, you know, I started missing that community space as it started growing. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it really has become kind of a behemoth and I'm not scared to say that live, you know, Etsy is, it's, it's huge now. It's It's, it's not. Yeah, it's not what it used to be um, for a lot of makers. And so, so yeah, I love what you're doing. Can you tell me a little bit about some of these charities that you guys help? Yeah, of course. Uh, we actually did an interview with one last night on our channel. Um, mm-hmm. So one thing is we're focusing on children in need. Uh, part of the okay. f- reason for that is I wanted to keep this very not political based, something that I think anybody can can rally around. And when choosing charities, it started off with, you know, Locally for me, we're out of Boston, Massachusetts, so we chose a charity called Horizons for Homeless Children. Uh, They focus on children under five years old that are living in shelters, and they give Mm -hmm. them a safe space of preschool, food, education, health care Mm -hmm. uh, in the early days while while their parents try to work their way out of shelters. Uh, After that, we actually added another charity in Oregon called Relief Nursery, which helps children that are living in domestic abuse households. Um, we've donated to another one called the shine initiative. That's, uh, adolescent mental health. And, uh, and most recently we've partnered with another one called curious learning, which is a nonprofit tech company that's helping children in impoverished nations learn how to read through their, through their technology for free. Um, as we continue to grow, the goal is to not only add more charities we're donating to, but also involve our maker community in deciding which charities we donate to. Um, early on, you know, you've got to donate to, uh, to, we weren't big enough at the beginning to say, let's, let's have a democratic vote for every maker. Who are we going to give the $1,000 to, you know? So at first it was like, pick some good charities and start donating. But as we Mm -hmm. scale the company, I definitely see an opportunity for the community to get involved in deciding where that money goes and, 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 and how we pick the right charities and the most worthy charities. Yeah, absolutely. So as you guys have grown, you know, I, I remember when I was launching my own handmade marketplace, which no yeah. longer exists, you know, uh-huh. right now we're strictly a community and a resource for makers to kind of learn how to market their businesses, no matter where they sell online or in person. But when I was launching, you know, one of the biggest goals I had was to build the buyer community. That's something you have to do when you launch a marketplace and build one. So you know, how how is Go Imagine building that buyer community? What strategies have you found success with? 
Yeah, no, that, that is a great question. And so uh, anyone who's starting a marketplace, they deal with what, what's called the chicken or egg problem, right? How do you bring in buyers if there's no sellers? How do you bring in sellers if there's no buyers, right? Because without one side of the marketplace, you can't get the other. And uh, I mean, obviously, we have our marketing techniques in terms of SEO and paid marketing and all that to bring in buyers. But the reality is that takes time for buyers to, to find you and then the snowball in terms of what are called network effects, right? Mm -hmm. So I think what we did from a strategy at the beginning wasn't just about, you know, buyer acquisition, but it was how do we give enough value to our sellers to rally around our cause and and be a part of our community to stick around while we grow the buyer base, right? So there's a number of things we've done uh, since the beginning to do that. You know, much like you, there, there's the community involvement. Uh, one of the programs that's been the most successful so far for us is that we have a program called Mosaic, where members who join us get a fully branded uh, website, e-commerce website, right? It's very similar to a Shopify or a Wix. And so we've had in the past year or two, a lot of sellers who have canceled their Shopify, canceled their Wix, canceled their Weebly, whatever site they were on. And now they're on our Mosaic plan because with that, they get their own private website while also being a part of our new philanthropic marketplace. Right. And the key there from a strategy standpoint is the idea that, well, a lot of makers don't want to join marketplaces until there's buyers. Right. Or they say, mm -hmm. well, what's the, you know, I, I was on the marketplace. I didn't get a sale in two months. It's a lot of work. I quit. Right. And, and that's, and that's a self-fulfilling prophecy where no matter how many makers want to see a handmade marketplace succeed, if they come and go within weeks of joining, you never get that critical mass to actually attract buyers. Well, now we're in a situation where we talk to our makers and say, hey, listen, how much traffic does Shopify bring you? How much traffic does Wix bring you? And the answer is zero. They bring you zero sales. Well, if you use Mosaic, which is our private website, if we brought you three sales a year, we're doing more for you than Shopify was. And on top of it, our private website is $10 a month and Shopify is 30 a month. So, yeah. so, so what we kind of started wrapping into this whole conversation was, well, what is the value we're giving around the marketplace? Well, first off, you get a private website. We're driving traffic that Shopify or Wix doesn't drive. We cost you less. So now we're saving you money from having your own website. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you know, the fees that you're providing to us are also going to help children in need. And you're starting to support a handmade marketplace that when hitting critical mass can be the next forgive my term, the next Etsy, but the next thing that will get that buyer traffic, mm -hmm. right? And um, that's where, as you look at, uh, you know, prior marketplaces and uh, yeah. where it's difficult to just start a marketplace without adding that other value, because mm -hmm. if you're only a marketplace, you end up, they, people join you only for buyers. And the reality is yeah, buyers won't it. be there day one. Right. Mm -hmm. So what yeah. are you doing? And that, and that's kind of the, the, the big thing that we're doing is providing that value outside of just being a marketplace. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Are you a maker who's interested in joining a marketplace that truly cares about its makers and how it's contributing to the caring economy? Go Imagine donates a hundred percent of its profits to charity and it's only $2.50 a month to start a shop and only $10 a month to have your own branded website that connects you with Go Imagine buyers. Join Go Imagine and get your first month free with our special code HH23. Okay, back to the show. So 
if you could give any three pieces of advice to someone who's interested in kind of setting up a successful handmade shop in your marketplace, what would you tell them? Yeah, well, so the first piece of advice I would give them is actually more than go imagine specific, but I think it's more about really deciding what you want out of your business. Right. And that, and that could be different levels. You know, there's no right or wrong. I mean, there are some people that want to make it their full-time job. There's some Mm -hmm. people that want to make it a part-time thing. They can make extra money. It's some people that, you know, they enjoy doing it as a hobby and it's not about the money they're making. It's about the community. Right. Because once you figure out why you're doing it, you can decide where you want to sell. Um, What I mean by that is, is go imagine might not be the right fit for everybody. I mean, yes, I'd like to think so, you know, but the reality is what, what are you trying to achieve within your own business? That's the first question. When you answer that, then you can determine setting up uh, on go imagine or somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Um, I always tell people if you're, if your uh, goal is to make the most money possible, I always say it's about diversification and choosing a path for your, for the now and for the future. And what do I mean by that? I mean by for the now, if you're a brand new seller who's never sold before, um, mm-hmm. start on Etsy. Be that one of those. Yeah. I mean, you, it's literally, there's too much traffic to ignore to not be on Etsy. There's no mm-hmm. reason not to start on Etsy. But there's no reason to not start your own brand at the same time. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is one thing that I found very interesting when I got into this market, as I mentioned years ago, is a lot of makers would refer to their, them as an Etsy seller or as an Etsy shop. And, and Etsy did a wonderful job, as you mentioned, with the community early on, but well, you're not an Etsy seller. You, you, are, you are a handmade artist and seller that has chosen to sell on Etsy. Right. That's not your brand. Like <laughs> when someone's thinking about you as just an Etsy seller, they're, they're comparing you with the brand. And right. linking that instead of linking you with your own brand. Absolutely. And, and maybe you choose only to sell on Etsy. That's mm-hmm. perfectly fine, except that you just want, you should recognize that that's your business decision for your brand and your business. That doesn't make you an Etsy shop. And, and I think the biggest mind-blowing thing I got when I started this was people would ask me, can I use the same name for my shop on Go Imagine as I do on Etsy. But that would come up and multiple people would say, can I use the same shop name? I'm like, not only could you, you should. I right. mean, that's, when your, you look that's at, your brand name. That's <laughs> your brand. That's your brand. I mean, like you look at Go Imagine or Etsy or Amazon, it's a mall. That would be like if Macy's opened up in every mall in America, but changed the name of Macy's in every single mall. Like, well, right. no, you want, just because you've chosen a different mall to sell on. But but for mm-hmm. me, and that's a lot of the education I think we've talked about with our own sellers, I'm sure like you do with, with your community, yeah, absolutely. is that you need to own who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes to setting up shop on Go Imagine, getting back to your question, well, there's it's more of a holistic approach, I would say, to how you market yourself. Getting on Etsy in my world is to put your products in a place where there's organic traffic right? Mm-hmm. To, to start just letting the, the, the SEO machine of Etsy work for you. Yeah. And then whether you cho- choose Go Imagine or somewhere else, building your brand, even though it starts small, building mm-hmm. it somewhere where you can actually own your brand and own your business. And that's where I think mm-hmm. Go Imagine comes into play with our mosaic. Mm-hmm. And then the ancillary benefit from that is the fact that we do have organic buyers coming and they're growing every day and you have mm-hmm. a, thir- a second marketplace to be on. So by hitting up Etsy and Go Imagine, you basically cut, you've chosen three paths, the Etsy path, your own branding path, and a new marketplace path. 
I'm sure was that three? I think you said three things and that might've been. Yeah, two. no, that's, that is so helpful. Thank you so <laughs> much. Um, and you know, it's a lot of the same advice that we give, um, here at happening hands where it's like, you know, if you wanted to, to make a successful business out of your handmade artistry, you know, your products, like take it back to the branding and, and what you want to be as a business. And Absolutely, you know, that's yeah. really important because from there, then you can make all of these other business decisions. Well, exactly. If you, if you don't, if you don't know what your goal is, yeah. you just start walking blindly down a path. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now that the pandemic's over in, in person sales have opened up in terms of, uh, you know, consignment or, or, or craft fairs and things like that. And, and that blends mm-hmm. in as well. And, and I think a proper diversification would be not only, you know, going to those in-person fairs, but then mm-hmm. promoting your e-commerce there as well to get people onto your brand on your, on online. And, mm-hmm. um, we could, we could talk about this all day about strategy around that, but yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's the biggest thing is who do you want to be? Yeah, absolutely. So as far as building a marketplace, what advice would you give to someone who has never done it before, (laughs) Um, but who might be thinking about, you know, starting their own marketplace, uh, whether it's handmade or something else? Or something else. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I belong to a marketplace community because there's communities for everything. Mm -hmm. I would definitely check out everythingmarketplaces.com. Oh yeah. I was part of that community for a little while too. Yeah. They're Uh, good. I've met a lot of other marketplaces there. Uh, Mm -hmm. A few I've connected with and we've talked. So uh so that's the first thing. The second thing is, what is your role in building the marketplace? And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is entrepreneurs, um, for, for a technology company, it's very different to be what, what I would call a solopreneur. You can't do it by mm-hmm. yourself. There's too many, you can't know everything, right? So if you are the tech person, you mm-hmm. need to find the handmade person. If you're the handmade mm-hmm. person, you've got to find the tech person, right? You've got to find, because... There's not a lot of, you know, in my case, for instance, Stephanie Romkio, I mentioned before, she mm-hmm. brings a lot of the handmade world. She's been an artist. She's sold on Etsy. She's sold on craft fairs. Uh, and she brings a lot of that experience from the handmade world while I've built technology and I've built apps in the past and know that path. Right. But, but I think a lot of times, you know, if, if you walk into a technology company, not knowing a lot about tech, you know, mm-hmm. that, that is a, a very difficult situation. So totally. I'm guessing for your audience, uh, I assume it's mostly makers. <laughs> yeah. Mostly makers. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> makers, handmade people, right? Odds are you need yeah. to find who your technical co they'd call it a technical co-founder, right? Who's the person that actually understands the tech, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah. there's, there's a lot of marketplace apps out there and mm-hmm. they'll advertise, you know, oh, you know, you can build, buy this for 40 bucks a month and you'll have a marketplace. Right. And it's like the Shopify of marketplaces. And there's a bunch mm-hmm. out there you can look up, but they're all going to be what I would call vanilla marketplaces, right? Mm-hmm. In the terms of, yeah, they will operate as a marketplace, but what's your differentiating factor? What are you building that is yeah. going to attract people that isn't out of the box, so to speak? And anything mm-hmm. you're finding that's already online that can be a marketplace, that's mm-hmm. also because it's built for anybody. And something built right. for anybody is built for nobody. Right. There's yeah, no absolutely. niche. And yeah. um, I think that's an important lesson, I think, with with any business. It's not marketplaces, mm-hmm. but what is your differentiating value? What are you doing now for us? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've worked a lot on that. You know, obviously, yeah. uh, you know, the philanthropic angle is a big one for us about giving our profits to charity. The other was the mosaic private websites. That is the tech side we've built out. Uh, another one which we're about to release is we've started working with our community on shared ownership. So we're giving ownership to all of our makers who will have legal ownership and governance rights within our 
marketplace. That's also nice. going to come with board seats. So uh, mm-hmm. soon later this year, our our members are going to be able to elect two board members that represent the makers. And and, and I guess my my whole point here is that these are things that don't exist already for people, right? There have been Etsy copycats that have come and gone. And if you're just copying another marketplace, well, why, why not just stick with the marketplace that already has traffic, right? Right. It's not something different, you know, (laughs) that, that is absolutely it. And that's, that, that's business 101, right? It's uh, it's differentiation and find a need, fill a need, not uh, find something that already exists and copy it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So what are some of your big goals for Go Imagine this year? Well, so for this year, we have a number of them. I just mentioned a second ago, shared ownership. It's something we've been talking about for a year or so, uh, but it's taken time to actually put that in place. Um, mm-hmm. We were very fortunate that at the end of last year, we just raised $400,000 in angel funding. And nice. that funding came in, in, we can talk a lot about how that funding came about, but it came through debt from an angel investor. So that $400,000 is going to go towards a lot of different things. One mm-hmm. is legal structure to become shared ownership, where we're going to give governance rights in the company to our maker community. So that mm-hmm. on a governance side of our business is going to be, uh, I would call enhanced. Another part of it is um, really a lot of product development. Right now, we are close to releasing in beta our new seller dashboard, which is going to be a lot more modern to let them manage, let sellers manage their shops in a much easier way with us, mm-hmm. uh, along with the ability to hopefully have an Etsy sync into our seller dashboard so that you can manage inventory across Etsy and our platform. Uh, and I could go into a hundred other things we're doing on the tech side that, uh, that we're excited about. Uh, and the third one is, as you mentioned earlier, is buyer acquisition. So we've actually hired mm-hmm. a few consultants around increasing not only our organic SEO. I mean, our mm-hmm. SEO is, is going to be a huge push for us to get more rankings and search results into us, but also Google ad campaigns and uh, Facebook and marketing and uh, Instagram campaigns just to start getting buyer awareness. And, you know, we're, we're very similar to, you know, what makers do already. You know, it's like mm-hmm. when I talk about like we're implementing Clavio right now and enhancing it further, if you're familiar with Clavio, which is yep. an email marketing campaign, right? Right. So, you know, we want to enhance our, our buyer journeys, our seller journeys through that email mm-hmm. marketing. So I guess if I had to boil it down, that's three things. There's the shared ownership and governance we're going to be doing this year, the updating and building out our platform to be even better. And then also our marketing campaigns and focus on buyer acquisition. Nice. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, John, and sharing all of this about Go Imagine and your journey with it. I'm really excited to learn about it. And I know that our listeners are going to be as well. Um, And I want to wish you the best of luck this year and into the future with your marketplace and any other creative or business ventures that you might be planning. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And Kiana, uh, congratulations with Happening Hands. I, I've been watching you for, for a while now. I think what you're doing is tremendous. And I love seeing the support for the maker community. So so good luck to you. This is uh, I'll be sitting and watching what you're doing as well. So that's fantastic. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning into the Handmade CEO Podcast. Check out the show notes to get a closer look at our guest today and our special offers. Most importantly, check out and join our membership for makers, Happening Hands, where we feature courses, workshops, monthly coaching, and more for makers and creative business owners who are ready to bring their businesses to the next level. You can do this by going to www.happeninghands.com. See you next time. And until then, don't forget that no dream is too big to turn into your dream job.